Hi folks, welcome to Blonde Leading the Blonde, Season 2, Episode 10. And I got it out without making a mistake, I think. Well done. <laughs> Only because you read it. <laughs> I know, I know, I've got it on a poster in front of me. How are you doing, Mr McCarthy? I'm all right. I'm a bit warm now, funnily enough. You just saying you were warm before we start. <laughs> warm. I think it's my coffee, hot coffee. You've got long sleeves on. <clears throat> it's only a light top. It's not it's like a t-shirt with long sleeves. Oh my god, I've got short sleeves. I've got my denim my cut-offs on. Oh Let's no, don't do sh- shoes off. Don't do shorts. Do you not? No, not in the UK. No, I don't think they're a very nice um piece of clothing. Oh, I love very- cut-off. Oh, they're not very flattering, are they? Well, thanks for that. across the room in them. I haven't seen yours, but in I the like main, my cut-offs. What? In the main, they're not very flattering, are they? Shorts on people. Well, I think um, for girls, the most flattering is the airline ones, you know. But um, I like my cut-offs. Yeah. What's that, like three-quarter length? My cut-offs. Do I just grab a pair of jeans and cut the bottoms off at the knee, just above the knee? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my old jeans are jeans that I'm not really that comfortable in or whatever, like leg-wise, you know. You just cut them off? Cut them off, come off. So I cut them off. These are about a hand width above my knee. And then oh. the fray, look, they're all frayed. Yeah, well, they would be, wouldn't they, if you've cut yeah. them with a pair of scissors? So that's it. Good idea. Good idea. People pay a lot of money for shorts like that. They do. They do. Jeans with holes in them and things. Yeah, if I, buy, if I buy jeans or anything that I'm not overly keen on, then I just, you know, like the legs, or the, they've got a twisted leg. Do you know how yeah. sometimes you get a jean with a twisted leg? Mm. But they're really comfy on the waist and the hips, then I'll just lob the legs off and wear them as shorts. You don't get the opportunity too often, do you, to wear shorts? No, honestly, as soon as it gets above us, it's really funny because down south, when that, like, oh God, let me check my whistle off. I'm busy doing whistle conditioning with Emrys. Oh, get rid of that. Good, you've moved on. Um, eh? Good, you've moved on. Moved on quite a bit, actually. Um, when I lived down south, I didn't get my arms out until it was like 21, 22. Yeah. In my shorts, I didn't get my legs out unless it was like above 25. But in Scotland, you're so acclimatised to it being cold and windy. Yeah. I mean, here we are, 21 degrees. I've got like a cap sleeve t-shirt on and cut-offs. There's no socks and shoes on. I'm so hot. <laughs> yeah. just... But we're the same down here. We're about it's the same. Madness. I thought I was going to put a jumper on, actually, and I thought I'd go for this long sleeve t-shirt instead. It's funny how your, your climatisation changes, isn't it? Yeah, it's been weird this year, hasn't it? Up and down, hot and cold and whatever. Uh-huh. I'm hoping that it's not going to be too hot this week now. I'm hoping we're going to stay low 20s. I think the weather changes today for us or tomorrow. I think um, today it is going to be 22 and then tomorrow's going to be 20. With a little bit of rain and then it dips to 17, 16, 17, and in a little bit of rain. We really need it. Big thunderstorms in Edinburgh on Wednesday. We've had, yeah, we had a lot of rain last night, actually. Did Late you? afternoon. That would be nice. It, we need a storm. 
We've had quite, yeah, we've had a couple really. Had thunder yesterday, no lightning stuff, thunder, heavy rain. Oh, we could do with that. I'll send it up. Yeah. Yeah, do. Yeah, we've got, um, yeah, we've got a championship show on Saturday, so I'm hoping that the weather's not going to be stupid hot for that. <laughs> so that would be good. What's, um, so what have you been doing with Emirates then with your whistle? I have been, well, I've done a couple of things. I'm putting in the whistle set now. Nice. Which is really good. And um, the other thing that I've done is um, I'm starting to do uh, automatic sits when I stop. So every time I stop, he sits without being told. Oh, good. Which is good. I don't know. Do you do that or not? No. No. I mean, when, if, if you compete, it's really important that as soon as you stop, the dog sits and it doesn't. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we do do it in working trials, but not on the street. Oh, we well, you see, it's it's really interesting because I train a dog to do that regardless because it's going to be a working dog. Yeah. And so in in with my dogs, there's no difference between competing and working and day-to-day life unless they do competitive obedience and then that's different and it's a completely different position. But the heel position is the same walking around day-to-day as it is when we go working, as it is doing working tests, the heel position is just heel. Yeah. Whereas I know when you do like competitive obedience, the heel position can be like really loose and all over the place and then really tight in the ring. Yeah, that's what we do, work and trial. So when we're doing like a round of heel work, obviously the dogs know that that's what you're doing. Uh-huh. So they do sit without, they're not allowed to give a command to get them to sit. So they do sit, but no, not in the street. Yeah, no, I expect my dog to sit on the stop. Handy, isn't it? It's really good. Yeah. So doing no. that, we're doing. Um, so we were walking, and every time I stopped, he sat automatically. Oh. So just what is it now, five and a half months. Yeah, five and a half months. I'm guiding him into a sit with the leads. So every time I stop, I'm just guiding him into my leg, and um, he's now sitting automatically. Once he's got it, then I'll put the whistle on it. So I'll then pair the whistle with the automatic sit, so then have a really good sit whistle. Um, and I've been changing my speed as well, because I walk really fast and Kenny walks really slowly. And mm-hmm. gonna have, I need an op, so Kenny's going to have to walk the dogs. So I'm getting him to walk like really, really slowly on a loose lead and really fast on a loose lead. Well, the alternative to that, I mean, you could put pins in Kenny's shoes, couldn't you? <laughs> drawing pins I'm just, in the bottom I'm just grateful he walks the dogs when I need the dogs walking so he can walk yeah. as fast as close he likes as yeah. long as he doesn't let the dogs pull yeah no that's good no that is suppose he'd dare <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he lets them walk he lets them walk further ahead than I do yeah we've, we've had a conversation <laughs> <laughs> a really yeah. nice conversation which involves lefty blonde and um sorry as long as everyone knows where they stand (laughs) yeah so i've been doing that but um i i slept in this morning i didn't get up until half six so half past six i was like the day's gone it felt like it so i walked the dogs first thing and then uh did some work and then just got back with Emrys about 20 minutes ago 
and it was really good because I thought, right, I'm going to, today's the lock day. I'm going to get him all the way around the lock. And because his walking has been really good through the village and around the field, because I've been walking him through the village and then around the field. Mm. And he's pretty much had his head up most of the time because, you know, I don't want him sniffing when he's on lead. And I did some recall training with them last week. I had them off lead on the field and doing recall training with them and stays and stuff. And it's all right, come on, just, you can't put it off any longer. He's been to the edge of the lock, but he's not been all the way around it, you see. And the geese are gone. The geese are gone. Now there's only one pair left and one of them's got a dodgy leg. So I'm assuming they're staying put. Uh, South. I don't know. Well, the Canadian geese, I'm... Assuming they're heading off to Canada. Are they allowed with COVID rules? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't think you could stop them, really. Unless you had a bloody, bloody high net. <laughs> mm, big old butterfly net. Oh, so you went all around the lock with him? Went all the way around the lock. So I got, I got on the path on the lock and went, oh, shit. There was... The children were there because we've spoken about how on the lock we have schools going to outdoor activities there. Yeah. Because, you know, you were talking about kids don't go outdoors anymore. And, yeah. um, so at the top of the lock, at the top end of the lock, there was like two groups of kids. And I thought, do I go home? <laughs> yes, I know. It was mad for children. You know, he loves kids. And then the, the lock was full of ducks. So there was the ducks and then there was all the smells and then there was two groups of kids and I thought, oh, come on, just get on with it. So I, um, off I went and we, we got so close and we just stopped and watched them for a little while and there was two groups and one of the groups were, um, I took some photos actually, I'm going to do a shout out for them. It's uh, Forest Friends are on Facebook and the people who run it are teachers and they do these activity days and they go in the woods and build dens and stuff for the kids. That's nice. Really good. So there was one group and they were playing. Um, it was it was almost, I, did, I couldn't figure it out if it was skittles or hoops, you know, but they had like these little sticks and these little blocks off and they were throwing hoops over them. And then there was another group that were knocking them down with the ball. And it was really good. And, and there was another one they'd built. They'd put a rope swing up and there was another girl, a couple of girls playing on the rope swings attached to the... Um, tree branch you see so nice isn't it and he sat and he watched I was so proud of him and then we walked and, and to, there, there were two there were clo- reasonably close to the lock so we had to go in through the woods to get round them and 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 in the woods as well so we went around the woods and there were um there was a, a teacher and there was two children there must have been about six-ish and they were toasting marshmallows over over a little wooden fire. Oh, amazing. Oh, it was wonderful. I was just, I was just in awe. You That's know? really cool, but, isn't it? You don't see things like that now, do you? I don't you? see things like that now. So, so I watched them for a little while and then there was a stray dog and I shouted at the guy to get the dog and he did. He's a really nice guy. He's got a rotty and a staffy and he's always really polite. His dogs are really well trained. And so he, he called me staffy. So I had a staffy come over and say hello on top mm. of all of this that was going on. It's nice dogs, really nice staffy. And um makes a change, isn't it? Makes a change. He's, he's nice. He's got a big rotty and a staffy. And he walks him most of the time out with the dogs. And um, they're really well managed, really well behaved. 
And so that came over and said hello to Emrys. And he was a good boy. And then we sat and watched them playing Skittles. And he just sat there doing nothing and watched them. And so um, I then went a little bit of a distance and took some photos of the kids behind him. Like, it, you know, you couldn't see faces or anything. Yeah. And then I would do a shout out on Facebook for them. So it's um, Forest Friends. And that's what they do. They run activities for kids outdoors, which is awesome. But, you know, just seeing the kids and 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 we were watching them. We were, we're probably about 10, maybe 20 feet away from them. And they had their, their forks and were um, marshmallows on the end with like really long forks. And then, but then there was all tin foil and there was a bit of tin foil like circle in front of the kids' hands as well. So it was like all really safe. Oh. Safety conscious and she was talking them through it and how to hold them. It was just wonderful. And I thought, we need more of that. You know, we need more of kids yeah. outdoors. And I've seen them in the winter in their wellies in the snow. You That's know? nice, isn't it? It's what it used to be. It's what people, you know, should be out doing, shouldn't they? Yeah. It, it was just it was just wonderful. It was like a real, um, a really uplifting, you know, to see. And on top of all of that, my dog behaved himself, which was Awesome, and we went through the woods as well. So I got a photo of him sitting in the middle of the woods. Well, he'll sleep well now for a couple of hours, won't he? He's gone. He's yeah. he, he's in his crate, flat out, legs in the air, legs are mind kept. blown, <laughs> completely mind blown. Yeah, and oh. the dogs are flat out as well because they had a good walk this morning. Yeah, it's nice. Mine are all flat out at the moment. At the moment, good. I'm getting rid of the crate today. That's going. No, already. Yeah. Is he not even? <clears throat> No, he hasn't chewed anything, and the toilet train is sorted, so get my dining room back with the ugly thing in the corner. No, he slept downstairs for the last... Well, since the, we had that heat wave, he's been downstairs in the kitchen overnight, so... Um, with the other dogs? No, he's in the kitchen on his own. Okay. No, I can't have him with the others, because he wants to play with Bill and stuff all the time, so I can't have that. Yeah, he, he won't come out of his crate for a while. <laughs> He's happy in his crate. He can stay there. Yeah, no, I just, I've just had enough. It doesn't take, it doesn't make any day. It's just in the corner in the office. It's not a big deal. Yeah. No, mine's in the dining room. It's ugly, isn't it? <coughs> so, yeah, that's good. So, I'm going to get rid of that today and have a little clean round. Good. I've got Spud back in his crate. Actually, I've got a crate out here for Spud because he's being a pain in the ass. Oh, what's he doing? Just Guarding the- toys. Yeah, yeah, after toys, I did tell him off. Um, I give him a good telling off over the toys, and he's a lot better. He's not rushing it and rest now for them, but um, he's just mithering all the time for attention, you know. So the second I say anything, Emrys, he's, you know, I go hi, Emrys, and Spud's there, me, 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 and, and I say, I'm, you know, he's a really, really well trained dog. He's yeah. a really well trained dog. But this blooming fear of missing out that the spaniel seems to be inherent in spaniels. Yeah, FOMO. FOMO. I did have to look that up, actually. Somebody said, I messaged Richard and he said FOMO and I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it, was. <laughs> it, it wasn't normally when things start with F, it's not like fear to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. I never have been very good at those things, have I? No, no I remember your FFS. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like it better, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um so yeah he's in his crate and it's oh. life much easier yeah you got all your dogs together all the time now then uh pretty much yeah 
yeah, so uh, Dante's loose at the minute. At the minute, Emerson, Dante's the last spot of my shoulder, Dante's flat on his bed, Emerson's in his crate. They're together most of the time loose, but if I want uh, a break from spud, then you just go in his crate now instead of putting them on his bed. Yeah. Oh, handy. And there's the space, it's under the desk at the minute, so it's cool. Yeah. I, so you haven't started using your studio, a spaniel, <laughs> spaniel room. I might, it's a bit warm in there, but I might, honestly, he just, I'm busy, I'm busy moving everything in there. It's really exciting. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, really I had a blooming, um, I went out to the freezer yesterday outside uh-huh. and um, the blooming switch had gone, the trip switch. No. I opened the freezer, oh, oh it melted. God, the smell. Didn't smell actually, it wasn't, it was only sort of a bit defrosted, but yeah, blood down, dripping. Oh my God. So, yeah, that's a nuisance, so I've got to get rid of, run down the dog food so it's empty and then give it a proper clean. But <clears throat> the dogs have gone off the food that I'm feeding them at the moment anyway. Have they? Mm-hmm. What are yeah. you feeding? Natural, a, um, you know, complete product, complete mm. natural raw. And, um, They're yeah. just not interested in it anymore. No, gone off they it. I mean, it's... Say that again. They go through little phases. Yeah, I've got some different flavours. Like I've got goose and goat and things like that and rabbit. Wow. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there's some, I mean, Bill won't eat it at all. I've had to go and buy a nature diet. Wow. Yeah, we know what she's like for food. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was going to, um, I was thinking about stopping feeding Abel because I, you know how much I love feeding the dogs Abel. Yeah. Big lumps of muscle and meat and stuff. And um, you can see like the veg and, and spinach and carrots and peppers. It's just like amazing um, because it kept leaking. No, no, I've, I've had that as well. But, but, and because you said your licks and again, I thought, okay, well, maybe it's not too bad. And, and then as soon as I complained to you and says, oh God, they're really licking, we stop licking. Yeah. No, I have to leave mine in the sink in case. I think it's the lamb and duck. It's very juicy. I think a lot of it as well. I don't know about your delivery, but when, when we have the delivery, they've been knocked about. Do you know what I mean? So, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the, I mean, sometimes they overfill the container so the lids don't quite fit properly. But um, yeah, I think it's because a lot of the polystyrene boxes that they come in, they're all damaged, aren't they? Or they are here. Really? Well, I don't have that. No, you don't have polystyrene boxes? No, they come in, um, they're able to come in like plastic bags and then they come within a tall cardboard box, which has got like a really thin polystyrene lining. Yeah. They're not like the big polystyrene boxes that Natural Instinct used to do. They're just like no. thin. And so they're quite flexible. Um, there's nothing to break. There's nothing to shatter. And no, that's quite good. I've had some different products that have been packaged really quite nicely. Do you know what I mean? Like with them, um, they often use those sort of like ice blocks and yeah. silver wrapper and all the rest of it. Paleo Ridge, do they have... Um, yeah, theirs is really kind of um, sort of recyclable and sustainable and all that stuff. The boxes are a pain to get rid of, aren't they? Although I've just found out I, I get my dustman to take mine now. But Well, the, the polystyrene is just like a really, it's only probably about a centimetre. Yeah, that's all right, isn't it? All the way around and that goes in the dustbin, but then, then it's cardboard boxes. Yeah. Which are then they just want to recycle them again. 
Yeah, that's all right. And that's what I do. My, yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I'm going to stick with Abel. I love, I mean, I just love the, the food. You know, it's really good quality, big lumps of meat. I mean, so when you, you, you sometimes I put it down and they go, oh, okay, there's the aorta. Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. At least you know what it is, don't you? know what I mean? At least yeah. you can see it's proper food. It you is, should just put it, buy one of those containers, just put it in like a plastic container. To I do. I, I, I mean, I do. I don't know why I'm whinging. No, it doesn't I, matter. I, to no. I put them in, I say I. Kenny, <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, it's Kenny does it on the night time. He'll bring the frozen food off, and he puts them in Tupperware dishes. Oh, does oh, do you do it at night? How funny! Mm. Defrost them overnight. I oh, do. I do it in the morning. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> well, especially this weather because it's too hot, isn't it? Be nope. defrosted by you know lunchtime, dripping everywhere. <laughs> no, I defrost them, stick them in the kitchen overnight. Oh, no, in, a, in a in a plastic pot in the, in the sink. Yeah, the sink <clears> no, that's what I do. Sink slows down the defrost, you see, because it's metal. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, but uh, yeah, no, I put mine in the sink, but it doesn't seem to affect it. It's by the window. Okay, but you do it during the day, whereas I do it overnight. Oh, that's right. Well, it'll be cooler at night. Yeah, yeah so. it's darker and cooler and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've mine out in the sun. <laughs> no I mean now and again when he forgets I stick it outside stick it in the pot outside and then it defrosts really quick yeah it doesn't take long does it this weather no well I normally give them bones if he forgets because the meat that we get it's so dense and because it's got big lumps of muscle in it takes a long time to defrost it's not minced up yeah so it takes longer to defrost like a big chunk of mint so meat so we put the bones if he forgets which doesn't happen very often I have to say then I get a pack of lamb ribs out and just leave them out in the sun to defrost. Yeah, they're nice, aren't they? Don't take long. They don't take long at all. No, I might get some offal out. I've got a few bits of food from um, They Love It. So I might defrost some of that actually for today, see if the dogs will eat that. That'll mm. pet their appetite a little bit. Mm. What about um, some tuna in oil or some mackerels or. I've got a load of, I've got some frozen fish as well. I've got mackerel and sardines and... Have you got any tin sardines? Because the, the oil, yeah. they love it, don't they? Yeah, I've got tin sardines, yeah. I haven't made any bone broth for a while. I might have to re-look re at that. Yuck. just takes such a long time. It's so smelly. But they love, I mean, that's amazing. They love it. Uh-huh. You can buy it, can't you? You can buy it in the shop. And see, so you can buy it in the shop. Look, my camera's doing funny things again. Um, that's weird no I might to be honest I might actually yeah I might go and have a quick look and see if I can get some bone broth later uh-huh. that'll make it nicer won't it it would yeah good plan good plan glad I thought of that <laughs> very clever very clever um, Emrys can't eat duck necks and duck wings I thought it was just duck wings he tried duck necks a couple of times and he, and he would swallow them whole and then throw them up. And then I gave him a duck wing last week and he kind of, do you know how that shape, like an L shape, hole yeah. that went down and everything came up. Uh, did you have to? Mm. Did I what? No, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say you had to pull it out. Oh, no, no, no. He threw it all up. Mm. And then this morning I thought, right, I'll give him a chicken, a, a duck neck. Like I give him a full duck neck. So... I thought he'll sit and chew it, and that was wrong. Oh, God. So he went crunch, crunch, swallow, throw up. Oh, no, yuck. All of his breakfast I... came up. That was, I fed him at the bout. 
well, I don't know, half seven. And then I fed him. I gave him a duck neck when I give the other dogs there. And he left on a walk. And I thought, oh. that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, uh, that's a shame, isn't it? I had a friend whose dog swallowed a um, trotter. Instead, didn't he? Didn't chew it, just swallowed it. Wow. I can remember Bart, the first time I gave Bart um, a, a, a carcass, chicken carcass. And it was hysterical. I mean, it, it was pretty gross, but it was pretty funny. He he went, oh, my first time, first time he'd had a carcass. He'd had, like, marabones and stuff before. And the look on his face was like, oh, my God. And he just went, vroom, and he took it out of my hand, and he just swallowed it whole. And we just looked and went, how, you know, how? A big, oh. big carcass. And then he just went, whoop, whoop. Oh, no. Up him. But it was like watching. Do you know when you see snakes and they swallow something and you see yeah. it down the neck? Yeah, you see it, like, yeah. It was like that in reverse. You just saw this carcass coming up, up his neck. Oh, it was, it was gross. Oh, God. And then it landed and then he sat down and ate it sensibly. Did he sit and chew it then? Yeah. Yeah. Second time round. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just warmed it up a bit. <laughs> oh, God. Now, the first time I gave Hugo a carcass, I held it. You do get a bit anxious, don't you? You do get a bit worried, don't you, about them swallowing it or whatever? Well, yeah. I, yeah. Haven't, given, I haven't given them a, a carcass yet. No. <laughs> no, I've got car they've got carcasses today, actually. Yeah. Yeah, nice old no. carcasses. I won't give them a carcass just yet. Um, I think I'll leave it as well before I do a, a, another duck neck. Yeah. Mm. No, you don't want that, do you? Up and down. Ugh gross no it it was gross and yeah. I <laughs> and I thought I'm not picking that up <laughs> oh no it's yeah it's quite there <laughs> so yeah it was that was his breakfast I know it's nice I don't yeah why do people have dogs I don't know no I don't either all of this no I'm not having any more you say that every time I know I do. do I know. Mean it? Mm. Do you mean it this time? I do at the moment, yeah. Why? Mm. I don't know. Um, it's just a lot, isn't it? I certainly don't have multiple dogs again. I don't need four dogs. No, you don't. No. <clears throat> too much. Too much hassle, too much grooming, too much mess in the house, all of that stuff. So I'll get um, goldfish. Yeah, right. Yeah. Trouble is, though, if I didn't have a dog, I wouldn't, have any, I wouldn't do any exercise, would I? No, I know. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think you will go down to one after you've just got a puppy? No, I would, no, I would like two, I think. That's interesting because I had two for a long time and wanted to go back up to three. Well, I know. The thing is, people change their mind at the moment. I think, oh, no, I wouldn't have any dogs. That'd be fine. And then I think, oh, what if I get burgled? So I think, well, I'll have one. <laughs> <clears throat> and then what if I've only got one and that goes to the vet and then I get burgled? So you've got to have two. <laughs> or you could get a burger along. Could do. Could do. <laughs> now, mind you, they're more expensive. Probably. Yeah. I had a, a bloke come around and because um, we had quite a lot of burglaries a while ago and um, had a bloke come around from... Um, was it what's that a something um mm -hmm. a i don't know anyway oh how annoying um ASC, yeah not asc or something i don't know let me have a quick look out the window 
ADT. ADT. <laughs> yeah, ADT came around, and it's, yeah, you have to pay a subscription and all sorts. So I thought, no, thank you to that. Uh huh. <laughs> Get a puppy. <laughs> Get a puppy instead. Yeah. I think. I think for me, because um, I like taking one dog out and leaving two at home. Yeah. And so for me, it'll be really good. Just um, and and I have been doing that. I've been taking out like one dog in the afternoon and training it. Not now because it's too hot, but it's much nicer. I I feel much better. Do you see? I don't mind. I'm quite. I don't mind leaving one dog on its own and taking three out. Yeah. No. I. I. Mm, I didn't. I didn't used to. It's it's bud. You know. Yeah. All depends on the mix you've got, doesn't it? Mix of dogs, I think, really. All depends what they're like. I'll quite often leave Ida here on her own or Bill or what. Yeah, any of them, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bud's just really clingy. He's just, I don't, I, I don't know. I won't have another Spaniel, that's for sure. No. You <laughs> <laughs> can tell by your face. You definitely won't have another Spaniel. I definitely won't have another Spaniel, no. honestly. I mean, he's, he's kind of, he's a sweet dog. He's just wagging. I've just looked at him. He's wagging his tail at me. Yeah, he's sweet, isn't he? He's a nice dog. He's a nice dog. He's all, but I think he, I think he's a a one dog household dog. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and he doesn't like sh- he doesn't. I, and I know dogs don't share, but you know, um, it's not in their nature to share, generally. No. But he's he's very, um, yeah, he's just very possessive and really. He, he's sweet natured, but he hasn't got a very nice nature as well, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I do know, you know what I mean, Johnny. He's a very sweet dog, but he, he hasn't got the nicest nature. And there's a couple of girls, a couple of the APGI, who've got dogs related to him, and they're pretty nasty as well. Yeah. You know, they're possessive wise, you know, and, and it's the same line, it's the same line going through them. To be honest, I mean, the amount of Cocker Spaniels I see working and show lines, it wouldn't even occur to me ever to consider getting one. The amount of aggressive Cocker Spaniels, I mean, the percentage of, it must be, I know they're a common breed, but it's a very high percentage of dogs that have aggressive inclinations. Yeah. I, I wouldn't Definitely. be having one of them as a family companion. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend them as a family companion. Spud settle down. No. Cross it with a poodle. That'll help. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I um, I mean, I, I think um, I know a lot of people who've got like more than one cocker, and outside is good. Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna have um a couple of cockers, then either outside or created or but not constantly around you. No, no. Funny what you're saying about is sort of an only dog kind of thing. All of my dogs, I think, probably through upbringing, I think they'd probably all rather live on their own without with the others. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> They're not fast. For him, it's more. Um, it's not so much about being on their own. It's about wanting to be with you all the time. Mm. That that clingy, you know. Mind I mean, you, if you had that, then you'd have probably a more intense relationship, wouldn't you? If he was with someone all the time, make it worse. True, but it would be easier on the person. <laughs> it would be easier on the person because the dog would just be a constant companion. Well, I suppose so, but who wants that in your face? A lot of people. 
a lot of people, you know, you only have to look on the gun dog forums and you say, oh, look, my lovely spaniel wrapping itself around my neck. And I go, oh, God, a bloody spaniel wrapping itself around its neck, you know? No, they love being, they're just, they've got this thing, they love being around your neck, you know? Do that. See, I'm quite hands off with the dogs. I'm not interested. I don't, I mean, I stroke them and whatever, but I'm not interested in cuddling and laying on the sofa with them on top of me and no, that. No. I don't like it. It's not my thing. I know people do. It's up to them, isn't it? No, it's it's not my thing either. I mean, I like, um, I sit on the bed with the dogs, not my bed, the dog's bed. Yeah. I hate to add. Um, so I sit on the floor, but uh, only when they're really, I do it when they're young out of necessity. Because they have to learn, which is a pain in the arse. You just you know, sit on the floor with them so that they learn when you're on the floor, they don't have to mob you. So yeah. I do all of that, um, which I'm going through with them at the minute. But then when they're older, then again, I'll just sit on the floor and give them a cuddle. Yeah. But then a lot of it's training as well. So I'll have one dog on the bed and one dog beside me. Yeah, quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't really like them on the bed. When I used to teach with you for the CIWT and we used to stay, it was at the Chesford Grange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to take my sheep with me and I used to get um, Angus and Ziggy up on the bed. Yeah, yeah I remember you doing on, that. On my, yeah, but it's because I was also bloody cold. Oh. Well, I was freezing. I used to get a dog up to keep me warm. Oh, my goodness. No, <laughs> I've never done that. No. I was always so cold. Oh, God, so you thought you'd get in the middle of a dog? Yeah, I used to get, get the dogs, though, and I couldn't. I was just always really cold, so I used to get the... I used to have um, Ziggy on one side of my legs and Angus on the other to keep my feet warm. <coughs> yeah, I can see that would be quite <laughs> handy. It was really handy. It's just the hair and the mess and that, isn't it? You know I what I mean? I mean, I used to take the sheets. You remember I used to bring these sheets that yeah. I got at the charity shop. I used to cover the bed in them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't like it. I don't need. No, no. No, thanks. No dogs no. on beds. I don't mind a dog in the bedroom, but not in my bed. I don't like them on the bed. I just think of my friend who ended up with a tick on a bum and ended up with Lyme's disease. Yeah. <clears throat> no, exactly. People who've had Lyme's disease where they've got, got a tick on them off their dog. Yeah, no, that's dreadful, isn't it? That disease. Oh my God, I'll tell you that the, twice now I've come into the office and Emma's has been throwing the tick around. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. One of them, he, he'd actually punctured. I go down, it's mentally punctured. So it's been on the dogs and it's dropped off because it's full. Yeah. You know, they look like big fat broad beans, big fat. Yeah. Well, that put you off broad beans, wouldn't it? It did. It does. There's one of them. Is it? Is it the broad bean or is it? Which one does it look like when they're fat? Probably is a broad bean. Isn't it? It's a broad bean. Oh, butter bean. Which should... can't remember. Butter bean. Probably. I don't like them anyway. Yeah. No. Vile. Vile. And I came in and I went. He was. He was throwing something around, and I kind of went and opened his mouth and gave his mouth a shake. You know how you do. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He dropped a big fat tick. It's like shit and then I came in a couple of days later and he'd actually punctured one and I was really concerned because he he punctured it in his mouth yeah oh god oh no do you um do you think you get less because of those collars you use um I like to think so but I get a lot of ticks at the minute do you Mm. yeah I had I had actually put some advantage on them the other day because I was getting 
three and four ticks between them a day. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was I was pulling to and and I thought I'm just gonna I'm gonna use it once and see how it goes over the next six weeks and then hopefully I'll not have to use it again because the temperature will grow. Yeah. God, my dogs have only ever had about four ticks in their whole life. Oh That's man, it. yeah, no, no. I mean, I um, you stroke them, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, I've got, look, I've got a permanent tick them over in the office. Yeah. Oh god. And no. they get, you know, they get, um, they get the salmon oil as well. They get brewer's yeast in their food. In the morning, oh. a brewer's yeast. They've got their tick collars on. Which, yeah. Apple cider vinegar? No, I don't give them apple cider vinegar. No. No, I no. I used to actually. Well, I used to put it in the bone broth as well, but um But you know, I mean the, the brewers is just supposed to be really good for it. And they're they're on a natural diet, the you know, but I just got to the point where I was I mean, I was finding them in the sitting room on the floor, you know. No, it's horrible. Give them garlic. Like, walking around with your bare feet, you, you know, and Oh no, you don't want that, do you? Pop popping ticks with your feet. No. So I um no, I I stuck some stuff on them the other day. I was <laughs> I, I sat there and put it on them and apologized. Oh, I'm really sorry about this dogs, but I can't cope with all the ticks. No. Mind you, that yeah, the, I mean the ticks are no good for them either, are they? No, you have you have to get that balance, don't you? So the ticks are pretty bad this year. So I <laughs> thought, right, let's just deal with this and um and has that stopped? I mean, does that stop it? No, but it reduces the amount. It just keep them on. The they don't stay on as long. Mm. They're so, difficult to spot, aren't they? With you know longer coated dogs and things, they're very difficult to yeah see until they're. I mean, like with little Bill, black she's dogs big, as well. With what? Black dogs as well. Yeah, see, Bill had one once on the front of her head, but on the rest of her body, because she's long coated, well, she's not long coated now because she's been cut, but um. Yeah, you would never see them, would you? No, it's it, it is tricky. I I catch them on Spud's forehead before they attack. You know, I see them crawling on his forehead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I can just nip them off. But I mean, Dante gets them behind his ears, which are like really pain. You don't realise that. Then you look. I look at them, and I just mm. every day after the walk, I dust them off as well. And um, yeah. No, it's horrible. horrible, horrible, horrible things. But we have we have so many deer up here. I mean, you know, the actually deer most days, but it's just... yeah. No, tricky, isn't it? Oh, I thought of you yesterday. I went to um a working trial. Uh-huh. And um, there's a lovely black Labrador, like big, entire male black Labrador, nice looking dog. And um they, they, she was doing um a track, so it's a uh-huh. UD stake, and um the dog, there, lots of them were border collies. Most of the entries were border collies, and a lot of them didn't get round the track. Uh-huh. And um, you know they're a bit slow and <clears throat> all the rest of it. But this Labrador, literally, she put the harness on, gave it the command, and she was off. Her feet didn't touch the ground. This woman, I mean, literally, both of her feet wow. were off the ground at the same time, and she just shot off after this dog. It's amazing. It's really cool. Really cool to watch. The dog just stayed on the track, you know, completely stayed on the track. Yeah. Just round like, you know, like a scale electric. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah, boom, yeah, it's great. Back and done. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. I don't normally mean tracking's a bit of a, not much of a spectator sport, but um, no, Did it was really cool. 
Did it win? Uh-huh. No, I don't think it won. Uh-huh. It was but it got a UD. What did you say? Did you get a UD? Yeah, got a UD, yeah. Yeah, UDX. No, well, I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I don't know if it was a championship trial or not. Uh-huh. I think it was an open. No, I think it was an open trial. So they got UD. Shame. Yeah. Nice though. Yeah. Good for her, eh? Uh huh. Good for her. Yeah. Don't. It's, yeah, there's a couple of labs actually entered now. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice to see different breeds doing it. But I, yeah. And I, I know when I used to compete the dogs in obedience, it was like. Border Collie, Border Collie, Border Collie, Border Collie, Border Collie, Shepherd, Border Collie, Shepherd. Mm. No. We don't even have too many Shepherds now. Do you not? No, a lot of, well, mostly Border Collie. I think the thing is, once you get involved in the sport, so people might start the sport with a Labrador or an Airedale or something like that. And if you really like the sport, then you, then get, you get a dog, the best dog for it, don't you? Which is the Border Collie. Yeah. I mean, I know I got, when I got Angus, a lot of it was because I was getting really serious about com- competing. Yeah. I, I really liked, I mean, I loved my labs and so I thought I'm going to get like a long coated lab. How different in terms yeah. of the Labrador. But, yeah. um, and Angus, his coat wasn't very bushy. It was like, it was really soft and silky and it just kind of fell down, you know. Mm. Um so I didn't have the coat that helped me how the collies do. You know, the collies have got all this coat, which can really help for the judging. And, um, yeah, just... Yeah. And he, he was funny because he did a, like a left-about turn, a tight left-about turn. And the collies are just, like, so short-backed and short-coupled. And they just, like, wrap themselves around the leg, don't they? And you do a left turn, yeah. and the collie's just there. You do yeah. a, a, did a big you know, a tight left about turn with Angus. It was like turning a bloody tug, you know? Yeah, too long, aren't they? Yeah. Too long. I know. No, it's more, no, more fun, though, isn't it, with the other breeds, I think. I wouldn't, wouldn't I think change the Border Collie just because of that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, no. No. Although I do miss competing. It was nice yesterday actually going and seeing everybody and following people out. you going convoy up to, like, follow the tracks and stuff like that. So it's a nice little... Would you not you do your kid dog sport? Because that doesn't include the scale. Yeah, I might do. It's got no tracking though, is it? It's just a little bit of agility and obedience. And the search. Search, yeah. Although as it progresses through the end, you end up doing some quite cool stuff at the top, like um, proper like um, searching for people, you know, like missing people and things like that. Okay, yeah. At the higher levels. So yeah, probably do something like that. Duck in and out of it. It's not too much to teach, is it? It's got an um, A-frame tunnel and a little jump. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Might I don't, I mean, I don't know what, I was talking to some of the girls up here. And um, apparently the, the working types of clubs up here are very closed rank. Very, very closed. What, working trials or? Uh, working tests. Dogs. Gun dogs. No. Gun dogs. No. Very, very closed and... Um, not the most welcoming into the clubs. And I thought, oh, do I really want to do this? It's a shame, isn't it? See, working trials, the one good thing about that is it's the, the people are really lovely and really welcoming and they want you to do well and encourage you and help you. And do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not a competition. No, it's not. Well, it is a competition, but it, is, it doesn't matter if you, if you win or come third yeah. or whatever. You just it's want to qualify. Like your, dog, your dog's qualified in something, isn't it? And yeah. that... 
yeah, I mean, when I did my CD, it was like that. It's like everybody was, even though it was a competition as well, but everybody was rooting for you to get your your qualification, you know, your CD or your CDA. Yeah. Your and it was genuinely, I mean, yesterday there was a woman doing her track with a Border Collie and she was up. You could see the dog was not, you know, the dog did fairly well, got like halfway around the track. Uh-huh. And then she was stood in the middle of the field for absolutely ages with the dog going back and forward, couldn't find the track. And eventually she got whistled off. And uh-huh. genuinely, the, the, all of us watching and stuff, we were all really upset for her because we know what it's like. Do you know, you know what it's like when you're yeah, stood yeah. in the middle of the field and you, you can't help the dog. You don't know where the track is or whatever. So you stand there, and just hope for the best. Uh-huh. And when she came off, we were all genuinely kind of like, oh, my God, so sorry you didn't, you know. Yeah. Didn't qualify. There's no way she could have qualified after that. But um, no, we were all, yeah, genuine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know, because Bart failed his CD first time. And like that, everybody was so supportive and they rallied around me because they know how hard it is to train for. Yeah. No, well, I remember... You get it, everyone really cheers for you and it's lovely. It's really nice. See, I remember the first couple of times I've entered CD, I didn't qualify. So, of course, when I didn't, I just got in the car and went home. And then when I did qualify, um, I stayed, obviously stayed around to get my certificate and award and whatever. And... Um, <laughs> All the love, all the people that didn't qualify, they all stayed and it was horrible. It had been snowing. We were up in Leicestershire and they could have taken the opportunity to go home and make a head start. You know what I mean? But no, they all stayed to support you. So after that, I thought, oh, better pull your head in. And if you don't qualify, you better stay. And yeah, yeah. You, you definitely support the people who are doing it. And yeah. uh, you stay at the end. I mean, even on working tests, if you haven't done well. Yeah, you still stay. You, you, you should and I can remember taking um, Dan and Jill with me for one. And <coughs> like that, it was tipping it down. It was torrential. And it's like, no, we need to stay to the end. We need to, to support the people who've been placed. And Yeah, no, it's very nice. You should do that. You should. should. I mean, there are times when you feel like, oh, I'm going out. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, so I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I don't know what to do. I've, I've been put off a bit by the the closed ranks up here it's very difficult a lot of a lot of sports and you know sport i suppose but whatever i like that aren't they it's a shame it is a shame it is it is and i just think well you just want to go out and do stuff with your dog and and meet like-minded people as well you know and um yeah Mm. great yeah, well, they're not so like-minded, are they, if they're like no, they're that? No. no. So I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of, he's young, so I've got plenty of time to make my mind up. And the, the test season and the, com, com, he's too young to do any test, he's too young to do any um, competitive obedience anyway. He's not nowhere near ready. So it'll be next year. So I'm just going to have to have a good think about what I'm going to do. And start, oh, excuse me, start training him over the winter for it and then decide. Yeah. I mean, he'll be he'll be trained for gun dogs anyway. So whether I compete them or whether I just work them, I don't know. No, it's the way you can do it don't matter, does it? You can decide whenever. Mm. That's what, as long, yeah, as long as you've got all your training in place, you can... Yeah. Well, your oyster, isn't it? It is. It's, and, and I think I'll probably start doing some competitive obedience work with them. Mm. Just put the training in, you know, not. We'll see. No, it's quite nice. It's nice to do that. I am, um, yeah, I'm doing bits and bobs with Hooger. Yeah. But 
need to step it up a bit, need to step it up, work on the retrieve and, you know, all sorts of things, really. Mm. But plenty of time, plenty of time. Plenty right. of time. And then you get him doing really nice deliveries with um, my dummiest first. He's, he's really good. I was doing a bit of work with him this morning. That's nice. Do you do stuff every day? Um, no. <laughs> in a word no I mean yeah. I, well I kind of do I, I you know I do things you do like stuff just by default of living with him don't you yeah so I do things like go on your bed go on your crate go on your mat yeah come heal we call him in the garden it's all of that yeah um, some days I just walk them yesterday like today I just walked him I didn't really do any training on the walk yesterday I took him on the field and did some like I went out with the mind that I was going to train him for 15 minutes on the field. Yeah, I need to do that this week, go out purposely to do some training outside. Yeah, purposely. So I purposely went out with um, with the mind of doing the sleepwalking off-lead heel work, or walking to heel off-lead and um, stays, which I did. Yeah, so I haven't really done that. I'm working on a weight. I haven't started to stay yet. Plenty of time thing is it's when you don't go when you don't go to because the last puppy I had a friend of mine she was doing um a few of us had puppies at the same time but uh-huh. she did like some working trials like puppy tra- puppy class basically so we did uh-huh. sit and down and started working on retrieving articles and all, all of it you know so of course because you go every week she obviously thought of a plan do you know what I mean so this yeah, yeah. last week we did you know retrieving articles this week we're going to teach a touch or whatever so you've got someone to you know you know what you're doing for next week and all that but now just drifting along it's just there's no there's no incentive but by next tuesday we need to have you know yeah i get it right there with you yeah there's no and there's no can't there's, there's no reason to is there's no well, you know lynn, what I mean? lynn ferris one of the apgis uh, about an hour away from me just over an hour but no an hour 20 and um I've enrolled Emerus in her beginner pecking dog. Oh, nice. That's so, cool. Fortnightly training. But I've said to her, I'll probably only get up to every other one. Yeah. And just right. do that. So um, I'm just waiting for a date from her. It's quite nice to have other people, of like people with dogs of a similar age, to compare yourself to, isn't it? At least, and then if you look at them, you think, oh, my God, mine's nothing like that. Or if you think, oh, my mine doesn't pull on the lead like that. You can't, you know what I mean? You use it as a marker so you know where you're at. It is. It's good. So, yeah, and, and working my way through the pet gun dog stuff with them will just be brilliant. Yeah. And that'd be good, wouldn't it? It's nice to be told, what, you know, to have some instruction and guidance rather than just having to think about it all the time, isn't it? It'd be really good. And then um, I'll get back down to Joe at some point with Dante. Yeah. Busy, eh? Lots to do. That's the thing with having man. But one, I, one thing I do want to ask you, actually, which will be really useful for anybody listening, hopefully, and that <laughs> is... <laughs> depends what I say, doesn't it? <laughs> it depends on your answer. Training your dog to touch. Oh, yeah, training your dog Okay, to so touch. you know, this is... I haven't really trained it, but I'm training him respect. Yeah. And um, he comes into my hand, and because my hand's not completely... Well, regardless of whether I have my compl- hand completely open... Or slightly curved, he comes in and he nibbles. Oh no! Okay. How do I stop that, Ross? How do you stop you your know, dog? You've talked touch so much, whereas I haven't. 
No, I know. I like that. I like luck. I mean, I'm, I'm starting it, you know, I'm really enjoying it. And I go touch and he goes running at my hand and then he nibble, 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 nibble. And he keeps an eye on my other hand with a sweetie in it. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes he just comes over and he nose punches it like this, you know, he, he like nose punches it. Yeah. All I do, I mean, all I would do for that probably is to just do it when he's a little bit, you know, when you're having like a little bit of chilled downtime rather than as a part of your other session, sort of, do you know what I mean? So rather than sit, touch, jump. So do it with your chilled downtime so he's not so excited by it. And then really careful when you mark, like careful the action that you mark. Uh-huh. So you don't mark the nibble, you just mark the initial touch. Okay. Um, and if that, then I would put something, if that wasn't working, I'd put something on my hand. Like a glove or something. Okay. I was <laughs> what a metal tree. Yeah. No, something. <laughs> so um, Gauntlet or something. Yeah, something just so that it's not so inclined to nibble, like um, you know, like a little rubber glove or something, like a marigold or something like that to start okay. with. Okay, that's a good plan. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I would do anyway. Let let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I will. No, it is it is a problem. A lot of the time, it's quite it's quite a difficult exercise to teach, really, because the dogs do come in because it's it's like they have to learn the action themselves. Do you know what I mean? They have to figure out uh-huh. what is required. And if your timing's a bit out, which most of ours is, you know what I mean? You say the thing, split second, isn't it? And if your timing's a little bit out, then you mark the very thing you don't want, which is, you know, dog biting your hand or something. And uh-huh. You have to undo it all, don't you? I mean, he, he doesn't do it every time, but sometimes he does. And um, and I haven't put a word on it yet. I haven't said touch yet. Oh, I'm haven't you? Get it right. No, no, no. I would, I would just say good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. And does he I do... Can- do I get a treat for that? <laughs> yeah, you can have a bit of kibble. Does he, um, <coughs> does he touch both hands? Do you do it one? At the minute, I've, I haven't tried it on my right hand. Yeah. At the minute, you should do it on my left. Yeah, I'll try it on your right, see if it makes a difference. Oh, well. You've only got to do it a few times, haven't you, without the nibble? Yeah. And then I, um, yeah, I've been doing, like, circles as well with them left and right. And, yeah. All good. What do you mean circles? Where you get them to follow the hand at distance. So you put you put food in your hand and you put your hand out to the side like oh, okay. Distance. Yeah. And then you do certain times like that. So you do it on both sides and it's just balancing the body, making sure that you're um you're exercising both sides of the body equally. Because cool. I want my jobs on my left, I suppose on my right. And and I, it was Dee Stedman, the amazing Dee Stedman, who had me do it. And I used to do it as part of the competitive obedience stuff, you know, as a warm-up. And yeah. um, you just have your dog at distance following food and you have them, like, level with your shoulder and yeah. get them out. And you, um, so you do when you have your dog on your right and you do big left-hand circles and left hand, right-hand circles. And it's just toning up both sides of the body, make sure that the shoulder actions good and you do it in straight lines on both sides as well so oh. i've just started doing that with them just to really work on his flexibility and toning them off yeah no good oh i think it's why he was so i mean do you remember how muscly ziggy was yeah he was very muscly wasn't he but yeah. so i used to do a lot of stuff with like that with him and i must start that who goes fat okay and this is um he's a little bit he's got a little bit of puppy fat but that's coming off no, uh, who gets fat? I'm not bothered. He won't be fat when he's older. I don't. They grow into it, don't they? 
the grunt of it. The a couple new- of people have said to me he's fat. And all. I know he's fat. The- yeah, well, he's fat. You know, he's fat. But what can yeah, you but do? Yeah, but you don't want him to be too fat because otherwise it'll have to. I mean, the thing is with labs, they, they, they notoriously have bad joints. Yeah. Even, even the ones that have got amazing hip scores, you know, you just don't know. No. Uh, you know, just because the parents have got amazing hip scores doesn't mean that you probably will have them. No. And um, and so I, I, I like them to carry a little bit of weight, but I don't like them to be fat. No, see, I don't. He's not massive, not gargantuan, but he is heavy. <clears throat> but um, I wouldn't want him heavy like that as an adult. But it, to be honest, they go, they develop, they go, th- you know, they grow so rapidly, don't they? Yeah. And I bought a collar the other week, like this third collar, I think. And I measured it in the shop and I obviously measured it wrong and it's way too big. Uh-huh. And um, literally, like, it's grown into it and I'm going to have to loosen it already. Do you know what I mean? Like, to the second, you know... Well, I had these had these leather collars made up years ago for Bartsiggy and uh, Spud, and because they've been wearing their um, natural collars, yeah, and had collars on Spud and Dante, but I'm going to be taking them off and putting my leather collar. That's why I asked you about a good leather collar maker. Yeah, and so um, I found Dante's. I can't find Ziggy's, and as soon as I find Ziggy's, Spud and Dante, you'll get this on. But Emerus is wearing Spud's collar. He's wearing a Spud leather collar. Oh, is he? He's bigger than Spud now. Yeah. But he's, he's definitely bigger than Spud now. Yeah. It is. They grow amazingly quickly, don't they? And the thing is, they go, I would rather have, I mean, I went to see a client last Saturday with a German Shepherd. And it was like a bag of bones. Oh, no. And it was like, it was, um, how old was it? 16 weeks, I think. No, they need the reserve. No, they do. And the thing is, if you have, I mean, I had, like with Hugo, he had that little larynx infection, didn't he? Uh-huh. And if they're off their food for a couple of days. No. You know what I mean? You need, like you said, you need a reserve. And I just think you're better off to have a well-covered puppy. I mean, I'm not into fat dogs at all. I think that's dreadful. But a well-covered puppy is much better than one that's underweight, you know. Definitely. And also, you know, the brain needs the fat. Your brain, yeah. Your brain needs fat. Yeah. And, um. And, and they're making so many connections at the minute and learning so much the brain needs the fuel. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, no, he's he's a nice... He's not... He's He hasn't really got a waist, but he's not fat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, my big dogs have got waist. But mine, actually, has got... Hooger's got quite a lot of skin as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he'll have a lot of loose skin. He's a big, heavy kind of, yeah, skin and bit of fat and whatever but we'll you know he'll soon get that I remember Ida was a puppy she was fat she could hardly turn her neck around she was so fat oh god <laughs> well, she's got a thick old neck anyway she? but um yeah no she's quite she's all right she's quite skinny although to be honest with you when she had that cruciate ligament um <clears throat> it's taken a long time for her to get back into physical appear like physical like yeah aesthetic looking uh-huh don't quite know what to say not i don't mean into sort of physical health like exercise wise but looking in shape looking looking fit, not, healthy. yeah like losing weight and like you know i can see her ribs when she's on the move and stuff now and um so she did put on quite a bit of weight through lack of exercise and uh-huh. um yeah it's taken a while to get back to how she was before but it take you know you know when you have an operation it takes a massive like from an energetic perspective not 
not energy as in energy have to have to do things, but like etheric energy. Yeah. It really takes it takes its toll on you from an etheric perspective. Yeah. And um and it takes a lot of healing, you know, like the soul and your physicality, everything takes a lot of healing. And yeah, it will impact like the coat and yeah, definitely has a massive impact. Oh, I mean, the, the whole physical appearance. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't look now. She's not the same dog she was before her cruciate operation. She's not as um, her coat's not as nice. It's not. Um, it's better actually. It's better than it was during like the recovery time. But her coat's not as nice, and she's yeah. not got as much manic energy as she had before. I Me, mean, she's like a rocket. And the the, the thing is, when you've when you had severe pain, which you would have been, you know, she would have the severe pain when the cruciate went and then after the operation, you, um, there's always a mindfulness of it. Mm. And you can see it in people, like in people's eyes, you know, you look at people who, who are carrying a lot of pain, it's, you can see it in their eyes. Mm. And it's yeah. the same with dogs as well. They just, um, I wouldn't say that they lose a spark, but the the lose the impulsivity, if you like. If yeah, I'm there's sure. some of that. There is some of that. It's amazing, actually. When I looked, I looked at her, like, the the pressure that the other leg takes. I mean, lots of dogs. It's really common, isn't it? Once dogs have done one crochet, they do another. Oh, whether that's yeah, and whether that's I'm sure there's a, a genetic component to both. But um, when you look at how much now Ida uses, like her her nails on her. On the leg that she's had operated on, oh, okay, huh. are longer than the nails on the other leg. So obviously she puts more pressure uh-huh. on the good leg, so to speak, um, and less pressure on the one that's had the. Op- are the 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 leg that's had the operation are the are the nails wearing down evenly? Or the, is there any scuffing on the top of the nail? No, they're wearing down evenly, but they're longer than you know. Oh, at least she's wearing evenly, and there's. There's no, because if there's scuff on the top of the nail, then she's dragging a foot. Yeah. No, she's not doing that. No, they are, they even, they are surprising how much longer. But then she's had a lot of time when she's not, you know, been using it, hasn't she? Yeah. Going in the garden on a blooming lead. Yeah. But, no, it is a long old recovery time. It does, and, and she'll, she, I mean, ligaments take such a long time to heal. I mean... Your tendons take longer than your muscles because of the lack of blood supply, but then your ligaments take even longer. Mm. Then you've got all of the, um, they'll probably be like residual, residual ache. Yeah. I know the ligaments that I've had reattached, you know, where I've taken ligaments off the bone and had them reattached. So I take it they reattached it. Did they put any titanium on the bone to reattach it or did they just, it didn't come off, did it? Did it come off or did it just partially rupture? Ruptured, but so full she, rupture. Yeah, full rupture. She has got titanium, yeah. Okay, so I mean she'll have residual pain in there on mm. certain movements. Um and well I I'm, I mean speaking from you know from my experience where I've had ligaments reattached on the titanium, then you, there's always an element of stiffness then. There's always yeah. not right. it no, I mean stiffness, but it just there's pressure that you don't have in the same. You, it's it's almost like um, you know when you press on a balloon, and you feel the pressure under your hands. It's almost like a pressure, 
um, it's not pain, it's just pressure. Mm. And it's always that, that mindfulness of not going for it. So whereas, whereas with me, I can reason, you, you know, oh, it's, it's a pressure because, you know, the, the joint capsule being repaired and there's a ligament being reattached. And so then I would work through it with a dog who don't have the higher reasoning ability that would go, I feel pressure there. I'm not going to use it. Yeah, yeah. So the body takes over the procedural side of it and the mechanical side of the body will take over. Whereas with us, we go, all right, okay, so I just need to, you know, I've got putty on my desk. I just need to work on my putty for a little bit to try and release it. Whereas dogs just go, oh, I feel the pressure. I'm not going to use it. Yeah. Well, she certainly doesn't feel any pressure in the morning as she hurtles down the alleyway. (laughs) Yeah, but she's not putting weight on it though, is she? No, no, she doesn't feel that hurtling down there every morning. Yeah, no, she's not putting full weight on it. So it's it's a it's a brain thing. It's not a conscious thought. It's yeah, it's a proprioceptive thing. You know, the brain will take all that. Mm, shame, isn't it? Because that's put the end. To, that's put the lid on her doing any competitions or anything. <clears throat> Why? Well, I'm not doing it with her. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Well, she was trying. She was ready to compete in trials, but um, obviously, I'm not going to do the scale or anything with her. Who's your knock on beyond the scale? That's in everything. It, it, oh, I thought it was only in CD. No, it's ridiculous. Even when you're working your oh, dog in TDX, blooming top level TDX, your eight year old dog still has to do. I don't know why. I think they should. With I think they should get rid of the scale. But if they don't, then you should just do it with CDX. You've demonstrated that your dog can do it. Why on earth would you? I mean, you, you have to do it every. If your dog's say three when it does CDX, then what is it? Is it UD then TD? Yeah, UD. Yeah, no okay. WD. Working with WD. WD. So, UD, WD, say for example, your dog's three when it does CD, then four when it does WD, and then maybe six when it does, and then it. Why on earth would you repeatedly have to demonstrate that you can do something? The pet and dog stuff, I don't. You don't no, from the shot once. Okay, you don't have to do shot again. You've demonstrated it. No, yeah. they do. They have to. I mean, you have to do water once. You don't have to constantly demonstrate that your dog's capable of doing stuff. The thing is, because you could work like if to do TDX. I mean, some people collect. They do loads of TDXs because I suppose once you get to that, they, that's the end of it, really. But um, you could carry on working your dog eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve if you uh-huh. didn't have to do the blooming jumps. But, of course, you have to retire the dog at a sensible age because you can't keep doing that. That's ridiculous. God, the kennel club needs them. And they, they need a good sorting out. The problem is, well, they make these silly rules, don't they? Do you know what? So now, in working trials, so they've changed a lot of the rules. They've, they've changed now, I think, the, um, the stays in CD. I think they've uh-huh. taken them down from 10 minutes outside to five minutes, but I might be wrong. But <clears throat> what they've also done is told you can't work your dog in a half chair. You have to work your dog on a flat collar. Uh-huh. Um, which is, you know, you have to do that under kennel club rules. And yet when you go and show your Doberman at Crufts, you show it on a check chain. Uh, and not just check chain, you, you show it on like a, what, a tiny, thin couple yeah. of millimetres yeah, right up behind chain. the ears. Right up behind the ears, yeah. And, and the German Shepherd that's on the check chain, your dog's supposed to lean into it. Yeah. To demonstrate its movement. I know. And then you can't use a nice leather half check when you go out and work your dog. A lot of people take the dog's collars off anyway because they're going over jumps and things when it's get caught. Yeah. But um, 
Oh, you know, like, no, you can't use a slip lead or anything like that. You've got to... Ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. On so, the, yeah. on the people who make the rules in the kennel club, I know when, when I was a mentor for them, you'd go into the office and there was only one person who had a dog, the rest had cats. Yeah. No, it's, I know. People, um, people should... Well, I don't know. The thing is, unfortunately, with working trials and probably a lot of other dog sports, people don't... People are not interested now. They won't do it. They're not... You know what I mean? Following silly rules and yeah, which yeah. is a shame because no, I mean there's not not very many young people. Funnily enough, I spent the day yesterday with a bloke. He must be uh, about nineteen, I think, thinking of entering. But apart from that, there aren't most people are over sixty. You know what I mean? And then there's no new people coming into it because people don't like it. Yeah. So that'll be the end of that. That'll be the end of that. It's very <laughs> sad. Yeah, it is really. I mean, I am glad that the kennel club have relented and put um, gun dog, so you you can put um, you can put a non registered dogs. Your dog can now do the gun dog certificate if it's on the sporting dog register rather than having to be a pedigree gun dog. And did it have to be a pedigree before that? Pedigree and registered, yeah. Oh man, the amount of times I spoke to Paul Rawlings about it. The amount of times when I used to go to the meetings at the Kennel Club, you know, for the registration council. Yeah. I was always bending easier. Always, you know, if we want people to do the work in Gundogs typically we'll have to make it accessible. We'll have yeah. to make it so I had loads of people training with me at the time who had um unregistered pedigree dogs. Yeah. They weren't eligible to do it. Oh, that's bizarre. I mean, we've always been able to register, you, you know. But well, you can point. now. You can you can put your dog on the sport and register, sport and dog register. Yeah, you can do. But it was only it was only last year, Ross. That's bizarre, isn't it? The good thing now about like UK dog sport and things instead, because it's not a kennel club event, you can do. You don't, you know, take your crossbreed or your whatever, can't you? You don't have to comply with the silly rules. So that's that. So that's the moan. That's the moaning. Moan. Yeah. Moaning so, one today. Her gun dog stuff is any gun dog breed, so that can be Ollie Crossers. Yeah, so you can do it. Gun dog in it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, no, so you should be able to. It's silly, isn't it? It's silly. And I, they, well, they make a load of money out of it, don't they? Kennel Club, anyway. They're registering your dogs all the time. I know. Did you, did you transfer ownership of Emerus when you got yeah. him? Oh, Was yeah. That like did. 17 quid. Yeah, no. Well, it's madness, isn't it? Breeders have to pay to register. I mean, it's just madness. So much money. Oh, it's a money-making machine. Money, money, money. <laughs> <laughs> have we had our whinge for the week? I think that's it. Yeah, I need to go and have a drink now. <laughs> <laughs> so what you got planned for the rest of the week, Mr McCarthy? The rest of the week, where we've got the um, breed show at the weekend. Uh-huh. And prior to that... I've got a couple of reports to write, student work to mark, book to write, a um, few clients in the middle of that. Um, that's probably about it. Oh, and puppy training. <laughs> <laughs> to new usual, usual stuff. What about you? Anything exciting? Uh, Martin Worth got, got a new APGI meeting tonight. So we've accredited Ooh. six new instructors. So we're having our little... Are we having a little graduation? Graduation tonight, tonight yeah. Cool, that'd be nice, they've, wouldn't it? They've got their manuals and they've got their awards. And oh, good. They've got all them. They've got everything. They've got the badges. So we're going to jump on. I'll talk them through the instructor manuals and then mentor them through setting the classes up. 
Very cool. Very cool. Oh, good. Oh, well, have a nice time with that then. Yeah, I've said to them, bring food. It's the long one. <laughs> oh. oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. That's good. Oh, and before you go, what? How are you fried beans? <laughs> <laughs> they were all right. Like I said, I cooked them in the saucepan and it did smell a bit like cat food. <laughs> and um but I've pushed ahead anyway. To be honest, they were fine. They were fine. They what were did okay. you have them with? On toast with egg, like you said. Oh lovely. Did you put some Tabasco on them? No, I didn't. I don't like Tabasco. But it, to be honest, they were fine. I'm, I'm not like chomping at the bits and go and buy them again. <laughs> good, good. But yes, thank, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so have an amazing week. Enjoy writing and marking. And thank you. Oh, I've got some cleaning to do as well. Oh, joy. Yeah, the usual stuff. Joy of joys. Cool, well, you have a good week too. Enjoy your celebrations. We will. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.